Hey everybody, this is Atkins. And this is Adam. And we're welcoming you to another episode of the AMP, episode 97 to be exact. We are creeping steadily towards episode 100 of the AMP, which we're going to celebrate in a unique fashion, I think. Yeah, I hope so. We've got a couple of good ideas uh, floating around. So uh, one of the things we had brought up in our Discord, if you remember, is that we were going to do maybe some trivia. And while we're going to have a list of, of questions already put together, uh, we really wanted to include our audience. So if you have any good trivia questions for us, uh, hopefully, and I say hopefully, they're going to have to be multiple choice. <laughs> uh, so it would be something that you can submit with a questionnaire that we're going to send out. And uh, I think that'll be a lot of fun, a uh, good way to interact with everybody and, and see what kind of questions you come up with. But another thing that had been pitched out to us, and I think it might have been Busta uh, in the Discord that yep. said this. It he was. was saying that uh, it would be really cool if, like, fans submitted a name of a quirk and then we talked about what we thought the quirk could be or how it would work and so i think that's a really cool idea uh, so we'll have a, a section for you on there where you can also submit quirk names and uh, we'll talk about them on air and you know the only thing we ask is that you kind of keep things safe for work i think we do have some younger audiences out there so you know we want to make it friendly for everybody uh, so just keep things safe for work and if, if you have any other things you'd like to add like other questions you'd like to see or if you have an idea for episode 100 that you'd like to hear, just hit us up on Twitter or Discord. And if you're not in there, definitely check out those two places. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, we are at AlmightyPod on Twitter. Um, that's where we will certainly post a link to the uh, questionnaire and try to keep that on people's timelines, at least the month leading up to the day that we record episode 100. Uh, and you'll also, if you follow us on Twitter, the pinned tweet always has uh, RSS feeds to both Almighty Podcast and to Kyo Cinema, as long or as well as websites for both, and a link to the Discord where you can uh, plug in and be a part of the conversations that take place there pretty much every day. And if you haven't considered leaving us a star or a review on iTunes or Spotify, we would really appreciate it for both shows. Really, uh, I mean, it's a good way to help get our name out there and and spread the almighty Kyo Cinema love with all of the folks online that you don't even know. Uh, so the more ratings, the better. We would really appreciate it. We're not out trying to make a buck on this or anything. We're just having a good time and want other folks to have a good time with us. That's right. Our community has grown pretty steadily over the years. Years. That's crazy to even just say that casually, um, that, yeah. we've, <laughs> that we've been doing this. That still, it still fears, feels weird on the tongue that we've been at this for as long as we have. Um, but both of these podcasts, uh, keep us, uh, not not just busy and occupied, but also just happy. You know, it's something that we enjoy doing and enjoy, uh, you know, sharing conversations over the content that we're consuming. Uh, it's oh, just yeah. a natural thing for people to do. We're AMP and and Kyo Cinema are just water coolers essentially, uh, and that's <laughs> what the uh, the Discord exists for. It's the it's the place where we come around and talk about whatever it was. You know, the topic of of the week because we release weekly, but alternating between AMP and Kyo Cinema. If you're unaware of how that format works yeah and listen last week we talked about return of cooler for easily almost an hour and a half and uh we didn't care too much for that movie so if that tells you anything we can talk that's for sure that's right it was kind of strange we finished recording and adam was like how in the world did we talk for over an hour about a movie that we like we we talked for almost twice of the return of cooler's runtime yeah. 
and, and we both landed like in the it's meh to bad range, um, and yet we still had lots to talk about. And I basically posted in the Discord that it was less about the the content that we were covering, more about the company that we shared. Uh, and it's 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 a blessing. It's kind of a neat thing to not only share it between the two of us, but to also have conversations spill out of it uh, into other voices um, in in the Discord and on Twitter. So join those spaces, come and be a part of the discussion, contribute yourself uh, to the discussion that'll take place on episode 100. And hopefully we will continue to offer some interactive opportunities for everybody that listens to us going on in the future. We like the next movie or the new movie world heroes missions doesn't come out in the U S until October, but I imagine that once it does, we'll uh, treat it kind of like we did the last movie where we'll offer up a time uh, one evening where we will uh, figure out a way to, to stream it or invite people to press play at the same time and be in on the discord channel and chit chat. Cause that was super fun when we did that last yeah, time. That was really, really cool. I enjoyed that quite a bit. Well, tonight we are continuing our coverage of vigilantes in the absence of the anime. We'll probably need to make a note of that. Now I'm thinking about it, Adam, uh, like on the questionnaire and just say questions are, you know, everything's game up to this point in the anime or this point in vigilantes. That way we don't accidentally get spoiled on stuff. Um, because we are only anime current on MHA proper and we're behind the ball on Vigilantes, but we're catching up very quickly because tonight we are covering episodes 102 and 103. And I think that right now current would be 118 or 119. 117, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. So we're, we're close. I mean, we end these two chapters with like the setup for the showdown that probably is going to close this uh, this manga down is what I'm assuming. Absolutely. Well, and the, the other cool thing about the questionnaire in episode 100, if you don't want to be on Twitter and you don't want to be in our Discord, but you love hearing other folks get their name mentioned and you're always thinking to yourself like, oh, I wish that someone would say my name on a podcast. This is your chance. Uh, we will happily shout you out and uh, talk about your question or your quirk name uh, or what other other kind of comments you want to bring to the pod. Uh, so this is a good way to get in and be an actual like kind of live member of the podcast itself. What do you say we go ahead and dive into 102, Atkins? I guess. Uh, you guess? <laughs> I thought these were really good chapters. Like you said, it really sets it up. And it had me wondering, like, what if the end of all of this, the Naruhata nightmare or whatever it was called, what if it's the video that Midoriya is watching as a child? You know what I mean? Like... Koichi's oh, in the man. background, even taking care of thought. six. I know, like, I just thought about it tonight, and it was one of those, like, oh, cool, that would be so awesome, like, because all we see is All Might coming out of the rubble, saving all these people, but what if in the background behind that rubble was Koichi keeping six busy so All Might could save people? How cool would that be? Now, I don't think that that's how that would, it would play out, and I'm no, terrible with timelines, so I'm curious as to, like, if that's even a poss- a possibility. Now, in my head, it sounds awesome. That would be a crazy way to tie things together um, between Vigilantes and My Hero proper. So I'm I'm intrigued by that idea. And it would be a good way to do it without having to mention it in My Hero proper. Because if you watch My Hero proper, you know that scene super well. Uh, and you, you don't necessarily have to have known what was happening behind the scenes, if that makes sense. Yeah, we would. It's like we would get this backfilled background for that YouTube yeah. clip that we've seen so many times. That ended up being this like major inspiration for, uh, for My Hero Proper's main character being uh, Midoriya. That would be super cool, man. It would. Be. I, I like I said, I'm so bad with timelines. I c- I couldn't even tell you if that would fit. Like 
based on when he was watching that video and how old he was and how long before him meeting All Might and all that crap was. That's too many threads for me to keep track of, but it would be a cool idea. <laughs> it would be. It would be. But anyways, 102, it starts off right where we left off last. There is an explosion at the front of the hospital. Uh, everyone inside seems to be a little shooken up, shaken up. Uh, not stirred at all. They're just shaken. But uh, Six is approaching, and he's got this like super menacing face on. And it's we get a zoom in panel of him, and he's he's holding his hands up, telling all of the anonymous villains to wait. And he's just like slowly, casually walking in. And it's great because Rapt and uh, Moyu are off to the side, looking like only one of them's going in. What's up with that? Yeah, and they uh, it's it's funny because when Six tells every all of these anonymous to stay back, they seem kind of sad. They're like, oh, and they're it looks like in the in the middle panel of this page, their heads are all drooping down like they're bummed. Um, oh, yeah, it kind of does. I guess it? It, it does like visually. I don't know that that's what they're going for. I think they use the word zombies here in one of these next panels. Yeah, the bottom of that same page. Um, where uh, the the two guys are like it, they're kind of standing out there like zombies. It's because their order was to just stay there, basically. So Moyoru and Rapt are standing out there, and Moyoru actually has a pretty insightful uh, perception here, where he says that he guesses that the bomber villains are a risk to each other if they're all grouped together. I assume that if one explodes, then all the other ones explode alongside of them, kind of like a daisy chained explosion situation. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. I hadn't really considered that, but I'll give it to him. And, you know, the the way that I kind of saw this happening in my brain, because I'm a computer guy, I imagined that Six has got, like, these open connections or, like, open ports to each of these anonymous villains, and he's, like, closing those connections down, which is why they're all kind of going into these zombie states. Like, he's no longer actively controlling them, so they're just kind of, like, in a standby mode or something. That's interesting because on the next page, the little O'Clock projection says that your hive mind control over the Anons is thanks to Overclock's processing power. And like processing power certainly is a computer term, but hive mind made me think more like uh, Queen Bee's quirk. Yeah, kind of. Um, but I, th I think it's just because of their cellular connectivity, if that makes some sense, because we find out in these two chapters that Six's body has been like 50% replaced with cells from the bomber. Um, Nomu's things basically and so i guess that there's communication between shared dna question mark maybe i kind of assume that might be one of his other quirks of some kind I, I don't know i feel like this guy's jammed full of quirks that we just don't know anything about yeah he's definitely a stew of things oh yeah definitely i i, I almost feel like he had to have like swapped some quirks out at some point in time too because i feel maybe. like we see some new ones here maybe i'm not sure yeah, I mean, he's he's definitely been fiddled with and altered himself. Yeah. Um, and you get the sense, especially, too, from um, O'Clock in this projection or vestige or whatever we decided to call it, uh, that this whole thing, including, I would say, Six, is, this, is part of his experimentations, all for one, specifically. Um, and so they're all servicing his ends, even while, and I think we had mentioned this before, even while kind of letting Six do something that satisfies his own ends, uh, where All for One is still the one who is coming out with uh, the, the most information, the most gain, even, even as Six is able to kind of scratch an itch of his own, if that makes some sense. Yeah, I definitely think so. Well, he is headed towards Pop's room, and he finds a locked door, and he's just, he sings along, you know, he's got his own key, and he, like, makes his fist massive. It's a pretty cool little scene here. And he just absolutely decimates the door. 
he's going on in and he approaches Sukuauchi and a handful of cops who tell him like, hey, that's far enough. You're not going any further. You're under arrest for assault, destruction of property, and unlawful entry. And then Sukuauchi tells him, look, this time my first shot will hit you. And it, it keys in six that like, oh, he's met this guy before. And he, he does. He remembers Sukuauchi from the, the crab festival thing. Like, I very vaguely remember what was actually happening there. I just remember the chick in a crab suit, which was so crazy. Yeah, it was uh, it was the kind of doge crab yeah. thing where they were using the uh, the crab boxes to peddle some stuff. And um, Six was on the scene because he was kind of orchestrating some of that. And Sukauchi basically fired some warning shots. And this time he's like, yeah, I'm not doing that. I'm not making the same mistake again, because in a split second, Six had like all of their guns, basically. Um, and it like incapacitated them. I thought it was interesting here, too, because Sukauchi refers to him as Overclock. So I guess, I mean, they're aware of his quirk, but surely they don't think it is Overclock. No, I, because O'Clock didn't go by O'Clock, but that was the name of his quirk. So I guess sure. if he was a registered hero, you know, that that would be the 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 name that he provided to them for his quirk. I guess. I so. guess. Yeah. 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 But it is kind of neat uh, that. Six kind of is aware of who Sukauchi is, and then also that he kind of continues to prod and poke uh, and, and antagonize by saying, uh, you know, of course, the older cop, Tanama, he knew plenty. Uh, and he says that he should have shut him up sooner. And he we have this panel where you get a clearer shot of Six's face. So for this entire operation with him standing up on the rooftop with the O'Clock vision, uh, his face has been completely shrouded in shadow except for his glowy scar. Um, and here we see it illuminated a little bit. Um, and he looks an awful lot like All for One. Like it's kind of a heavy handed connection to how we know All for One to look from My Hero proper, at least, where it's like his eyes aren't really there. Last time we saw Six, I'm pretty sure one of his eyes had been, he had been so like severely burned that one of his eyes was like it didn't have like eyelids. It was just poking out, you know, he looked if that like, makes uh, some sense. Like Two-Face from the uh, second Batman movie. Yeah, yeah, just giant exposed eyeball. Um, and so that damage has proven pretty severe that even with ever, whatever kind of healing he has, it also has limitations like it appeared all for ones did because like I, like I said, he didn't have eyes either. He was just the scarred mess from uh, his upper lip up, basically. Um, and so Six now shares that in common with, well... All for one, is he messed up right now? I can't remember. I don't, I don't like know I said, that we know yet. Yeah, I don't think we know yet. Yeah. I like this next panel, too, because, like, Sukuauchi and the other cops look absolutely terrified. And all I could think of is that the cop on the most left-hand side, this guy is like, what am I doing here? Like, his quirk is probably, like, the ability <laughs> yeah. to open cans when he looks at them. And he's like, why? Like, there's nothing I can do against this villain that has, like, ten different quirks and has literally evaded the cops, killed one of us, like... I just felt so bad because these these are not the right kind of people I don't feel like to be up against six, you know? Yeah, and six is playing this super casually. His hands are still in his pocket, so he doesn't feel threatened. He uses the word anywho, and you don't just say that in a high tension situation. Um, and he's making jokes. He's like, my schedule says that today I got to kill a little pop. Um, so he's just being very casual, very coy, um, doesn't appear to be taking this uh, the same level of seriousness that the police that are uh, facing him down with guns drawn are, obviously. Um, and why should he be? Um, this this is like walk in the park, 
he, he feels like at this point he's stealing candy from a baby because of all of the other phases. The first four phases of this operation have set him up for what he considers to be instant and easy success in his current endeavor. So uh, even with three guns currently pointed at him, he's been in a situation like this before, came out relatively unscathed, even though Sukauchi is saying, hey, we'll we'll do better this time. I'm still not convinced that he, that six considers any of this really threatening or or having the potential to derail uh, his current objective. I agree with you. He's definitely under the impression that he has the upper hand entirely. Now, what he doesn't know is that there has been a little bit of a plan between Soga and Sukuauchi, and off to the side, up on top of a building, Soga actually has a sniper rifle, and he starts firing into the side windows here, totally distracting Six. And we kind of get this quick shot, or these few panels, of him and Sukuauchi talking about this plan, and you know, he's basically like, hey, look, there are only going to be certain people here because we can't get a hold of all of these other heroes, including Koichi. We don't know what's going on. So because of that, when this place gets hit, we're going to have to fight back with what we have. And so he kind of concocts this plan where they are going to use him to shoot into the side of the building to distract Six in hopes that Sukuauchi and the cops can actually take Six out. And so that's exactly what's going down here. And... It's awesome. I mean, it's it's kind of funny because there's at one point in time, you know, Sukuauchi's like, hey, you know, just try to slow him down. Don't hit him. Uh, your job is just to distract him. And uh, Soga's making the joke that, like, he's not used to guns. So, like, he's not going to try to actually hit him. He doesn't even know if he could hit him. He says he's no gunslinger. I thought it was interesting, too, that in their, in this panel, which I assume is kind of their, their, vision of what this would look like, not uh, like a, a different glimpse into the situation that we saw where Soga fired through that window because Six has a giant eyeball, like you see one <laughs> yeah. of his eyes. Yeah. You know, so, so I think that they were envisioning how this would go down, kind of mind mapping it out um, where he has eyes. Uh, but yeah, Ta- uh, Sukashi does the right thing. He says he can't let a civilian get his hands dirty. Uh, dirty. So uh, he's like, if you want our cooperation, then that's that's my that's my line because if you you know were to inflict violence upon this person that maybe would be a lot of paperwork and he could end up still getting in trouble it could be seen as or interpreted uh, legally as you know interfering with police work and all that kind of stuff so uh, he's trying to keep Soga out of trouble which I I particularly liked yeah I did too and I think he also realizes that like. From the public perspective, the cops need a win. They need to know that they can be trusted to handle situations like this, right? That's true. Yeah, without outside help. I mean, uh, not not just from heroes, but especially not from... Random vigilantes. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) like not even really vigilantes, yeah. Yeah, because Soga, yeah, he's definitely, you know, aligned with Koichi, but I don't know that he considers himself a vigilante so much as... I don't know. He might. I, I, we. I don't know. That's a good question. But we we cut back to the the present, and Soga switches his gun. I, I like that they actually showed this. So his gun has three modes. The first one being S, which is safety, um, and he was on one, which is uh, semi-automatic, basically one shot at a time. And he flips it down to A, which is auto, and then just starts just spraying bullets into this building uh, where six is. And again, the whole idea is to force him uh, to use his overclock ability, which requires him to hold his breath. So it has a finite capacity. Um, And with bullets whizzing through the building in the hopes of him dodging them, 
the thought is that he would have to hold his breath and that eventually he would run out and that would give Sukauchi and the guys inside who are actually trained with their fire uh, firearms and have better lines of sight to go ahead and, and do what it is they plan to do. Yeah, and I thought it was really funny because in this, it looks like it may be a two-page spread. I'm not super sure, uh, but... It, it is. Is it? Okay, so it's funny because in the bottom left-hand corner, there are two cops that are like, whoa, random fire, and their face is also like, what the hell is going on? Like, why Why are we here? <laughs> yeah, if I were Sukauchi, I would be a little worried with full auto. Yeah, um, no He joke. does have this thought where he says a bit much no because... Like you said, Soga told him, I'm not really good with guns. I'm not sure I could hit him if I wanted to. And now he's just full on spraying into this space where Tsukauchi and other police who shouldn't be shot at all are. <laughs> so it's a risky move on his part. Well, and realistically, he kind of ends up helping out Six here in my mind because, uh, you know, O'Clock or the, the image of him is talking to Six. And he's like, OK, so they're spraying around with an assault rifle. He doesn't intend to hit you, or he already would have, and he wouldn't be using, you know, auto automatic firing, basically. So what they're trying to do is force you into that accelerated state. You just need to keep calm and respond. And he also tells him, like, if they keep shooting like this, then it's just going to run out of bullets, which would happen really fast on this mode. So he didn't really buy him a whole lot of time compared to if he had just kept it on single fire and or semi-automatic and just pulled the trigger every couple seconds. I feel like that would have been... A better distraction uh but the moment he runs out it's awesome because six is like awesome i get i get a second to catch my breath and we see koichi come in through the windows and just immediately start firing off shooty go blams i love the like sketchy silhouetted kind of uh panel of koichi swinging in through the window like yeah. the way that that's drawn is super awesome yeah it's really um, cool and so he comes he comes sliding in Everybody is surprised by this, um, they, but they all shout his correct name. It's the crawler. Um, and he starts using his shooty go blams. Uh, and it's interesting because the O'Clock visage understands that this is a low impact mode. And he says that it's only as strong as an ordinary punch, but he's firing off a ton of these. Like nobody wants to stand there and just get wailed on either. Like a punch makes it sound the way that he phrased it. Low impact mode, uh, strong as an ordinary punch makes it sound like meh. You could not dodge that and be fine. But no, like that would suck to be punched that many times. Like, of course, he's just still going to try to dodge. And that's what O'Clock 2 suggests or O'Clock suggests that six does as well. Yeah, he says that if he took a, a direct hit, it could rattle his brain. So it's best to avoid these as well as the bullets. So no time for a breather. And in the midst of all of this, someone gets a shot off. I, I like to think it was Squelchy. And it hits him right, it hits six right in the right leg. And so Sukuauchi is full on like, all right, fire, everyone go, aim for his legs. Six is getting wrecked with bullets. Soga and Koichi are both like trying to figure out what's going on. And finally, we see six fall to his knees and Sukuauchi gives the order, you know, secure him. And uh, this is where we end our chapter. I can't imagine having left off on this chapter. Like, this is a good cliffhanger here. Yeah, some of the Vigilantes chapters haven't ended on a on a real cliffhanger um but this one is it's interesting at least like did did they do the thing did they finally get the guy if so how do you secure a guy like him um and those questions are immediately answered at the beginning <laughs> yep. of uh episode 103 um oh shoot i don't think we said the title to 102 did we uh no you know i don't think I we don't did think we did well 103 is called inhumanity i don't recall seeing 102's um Intruder. Episode 102 was named Intruder, which is very fitting. Ah. Yep, makes all of the sense. Could have guessed that. And one. so 
Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And I mean, thinking about the contents now, I didn't pay attention to the titles on my read throughs, but uh, Inhumanity makes an awful lot of sense for episode one of three oh, as well. Totally, totally. But you're right. We get immediate answers to our questions here because he gets slapped with these like handcuffs that have a stun functionality. So it looks like some constant electricity is coming out of these handcuffs, which is a pretty cool design for this kind of a villain. Uh, and O'Clock is like watching Six be handcuffed. He's standing there and he's trying to figure out maybe how to help or or assess the situation. Whereas Sukwauchi is calling for Midnight, who I guess was probably with Pop and some of the other doctors as a last defense. I don't know. I feel like I don't want to say Midnight's a weak last defense because hopefully the idea being that she puts everyone to sleep around her. But it would have been really nice if she had been right there, too. Like she could have yeah. been helpful in that room. Uh, but regardless. You know, Six is not having this at all. He appears to know who Midnight is, is, is familiar with that quirk, and says, yeah, that's going to be a no for me, which I like that sometimes Six kind of talks in memes. It kind of cracks me up. Yeah, <laughs> he does. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I like Midnight's role in this, in the plan, but I do agree that speed would have been an important factor in making sure that Six was subdued, so I would have had her a little closer to the implementation of the actual uh, securing of him, like those cuff, the cuffs, like from cuffs to to her deploying his quirk or her quirk on him should have been really quick. Uh, and so every second that, that she's not deploying her quirk against six is a second that he has to get out of his current predicament. Which and is... You would think that with somebody who is as fast as he is, has the quirk that he does that they should have afforded him zero seconds because all he needs is a half of one. Exactly. I was going to say like some to, to him, a second is more like seven seconds. I'm pretty sure. So if they got her, you know what? 10, 15 seconds away. That is a long time for six. Yeah, exactly. And it does come back to bite them. I do like too, that the way that they show the, uh, the o'clock visage here is as he's being stunned that that vision begins to kind of waver a little bit. It's shown to be a little, uh, a little less. What's the word? I'm a little less stable. Yeah. Um. Because because of the shock, it's kind of shaking him up a bit. Uh, a bit. It's kind of jittery. Um. But, it's got some jitter to it. Yeah. So we see uh, Koichi kind of looking over his shoulder where we get the episode title, and in the very next panel, the first thing that we see is just a hand yeah. <laughs> falling off. Like, <laughs> like, there's no transition. Like, if you go back a couple pages to the last time you see Six's hands, they're fine. There's no tearing or anything. All you see is, like, the crackles of the electrical, uh, uh, I guess, volts or, or amps going into his wrists, and in the very next scene, it's just hand is just falling off. I was like, dang. Right? It was uh, crazy. It's yeah, it's kind of it gets kind of gruesome. It's a little like body horror stuff here um, because it's not only that his hands fall off and the cuffs fall down, but you look down and it's like he it looks like he's lying face down and he's been turned into goo, kind of like that one guy from uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, you know, when he gets all the oh, acid. Oh, totally. On. Yeah, yeah. And then it's crazy because he like reforms and it sounds like he's doing some kind of like really intense breathing and. Sukwauchi warns him, like, hey, no sudden moves. You hear me? Like, you better not do anything. And then it's, like, out of nowhere, his jacket is getting ruffled, and he, like, snakes up behind Sukwauchi. And this whole thing reminded me so much of Orochimaru from Naruto. Like, it's very yeah. freaky. And it's, like, you're right, that body horror kind of thing. And he just had, like, Orochimaru vibes to me here. 
Uh, but he he kind of does his sing along. We get the little musical notes where he says too slow, and he explains that more than half of his body is made of bomber cells now, and they are going to go off. You know, he's like, shoot my legs and bind my hands all you like, but that ain't gonna get the job done. And he says, like, I guess what I'm saying is, if you wanted me dead, you should have aimed for the head. And he's saying this while he's like creeped over Sukwauchi, and Sukwauchi looks totally just aghast i mean he looks like he has just seen a ghost which he kind of has seen something really terrifying yeah this so six has given me some major uh like thanos vibes on this page and the next one because you remember in infinity war which came out like three years before this chapter did um thor goes in for that killing blow and ends up like hitting him in the shoulder oh yeah and thanos Thanos says, you know, you should have gone for the head or something similar to that. And then in the very next panel or the next page, uh, he's got his knuckles on his uh, gloves are glowing like they've got infinity stones in them. They totally Um, are. Yeah. Yeah. It's very Thanos-y the way that he's kind of uh, depicted and presents himself in these couple of pages. Well, this is a unique moment here where a villain has been captured and the the good guys, I don't want to say they've let their guard down but they definitely weren't prepared for this they this was the last thing they were expecting and i I was starting to think about it and i feel like this is a pretty common trope like not common but it happens in a lot of shows and animes and movies it's a huge turnaround point it's a big surprise to the audience and so i thought for a segment this episode i actually came up with one for once which is is impressive in of itself i think (laughs) a <laughs> hundred episodes in, in first yeah and it's an amp yeah. first uh but i thought it would be fun to talk about some of the other cases that you and i are aware of where the villains have been you know subdued or taken care of and then all of a sudden they come back in full force and really just wreck the narrative um, you know my first example would be cell from dragon ball z goku goes over as he's about to explode and zaps him away to king kai's planet and everyone's kind of like, okay, cool. Cell's taken care of. Goku's dead again. That sucks. But hey, it's just another day that ends in Y, right? <laughs> Par for the course, yeah. yeah. Exactly. And, uh, and then Cell, like, reforms with his crazy regeneration and pops back into existence. And he's in perfect mode again and just starts wrecking the main crew. And so that was a really good moment, I feel like, in DBZ history where it was like, oh, crap. Like, I did not see that coming. Uh, and then I've got another one, but what's one from you, man? Uh, so when you posited to the, uh, this to me, I couldn't think of any off the top of my head, but I spent the last day or so thinking about examples. And the first one that leapt to mind was actually from the first Deadpool movie, um, which is fantastic. So oh, yeah. much fun to watch. Great uh, movie. Obviously not safe for children, but um, very, very funny. And in, in one of the early scenes, um, Colossus ends up like handcuffing Deadpool to himself so that he can take him in and Deadpool ends up cutting his own hand off and then like jumping off of a bridge and landing in a like a garbage truck or whatever to get away <laughs> yep um and that was totally an unexpected way of getting out of the, the situation that he had found himself in was just and you could hear it that was the craziest part like I think Colossus is like monologuing or some such and Deadpool is completely out of frame and you can hear this like like serrated knife sawing through meat and bone oh. in the background. And you're like, what is that sound? <laughs> and then finally you see like him fall away. Um, and that, that was a great escape in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Uh, my next one is from Naruto, Naruto Shippuden, uh, Shippuden. I'm pretty sure is how you say it. Uh, but it is a character named Kakuzu 
Uh, he was part of the Akatsuki, and he was actually one of the villains that they fought. I want to say it was probably like 30-ish episodes into the series. So he wasn't one of the first big ones they fought, but he was one that gave them a lot of trouble. And he had this thing where he had all these different masks that, like, I guess contained multiple body parts. And I know at least one of them was a heart. So when they finally took him out, they thought he was dead. And he, like, obtained a heart from one of those other bodies that he had hidden. And he basically had to be killed like four or five times before he was actually dead, which I can't imagine. That would be totally nuts. Yeah, and especially in that situation, because he could... I want to talk about tactics um, kind of at the end of this chapter of Vigilantes too, but that totally messes with traditional, uh, like standard battlefield tactics in like one-on-one ninja fighting, where both are trying to kill the other person while preserving their own life. And his ability to just have five lives Fs with that equation. Oh, totally. He's just like, I can sacrifice a life and take you out. I've got four others. So it makes him... It messes with the norm in a way that, like, that's hard to adjust to for sure. Definitely, absolutely. What's your last one, man? Well, I, I, this one might be a little cheaty, um, but because the person who pulls this off isn't technically a villain, although he kind, I mean, like, he's a prisoner, um, but he's wrongfully accused. I'm pretty sure he's an innocent guy. Um, but it's from the movie Shawshank Redemption. We're talking about like great unexpected escapes. Um, he manages to. Now, Adam told me before, I, I mean, how much about the movie do you know before I say anything else? Uh, dude, Nothing? all I know is that there's like maybe two prisoners or one prisoner that escapes from, uh, is it Alcatraz? I feel like it's Alcatraz, but I could be wrong. Okay. So long as, so long as you know that people get out, that's fine. Well, yeah, um, I mean, that's the whole plot <laughs> is that people get out. I know yeah. that, I know that's a thing <laughs> yeah. and I'm probably never going to watch it. So you can spoil it away. Okay. It's been out for Dude, like the, you need to watch. It's I, so good. I think that movie came out before I was born. So it's okay for yeah, you to spoil it for me. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't, I don't feel bad about spoiling <laughs> a movie that's as old as it is, but it's a good watch. But anyway, so Andy Dufresne um, is the main character and he ends up in jail and he, he figures out a way to get out by basically he has this like a uh, contraband poster kind of up in his room and he manages to dig his way through this wall uh, like over a long period of time to get down to where like there's a sewer pipe that drains out, you know, outside of the prison grounds. Uh, and so he would dig every night and then take the dust in his like pants basically outside into the yard. So there wasn't any evidence in the cell of the hole unless you peeked behind that poster. And why would you do that? Um, so he gets out, like they go to a call in the next morning and his, he doesn't come out of his cell and they spend some time in there trying to figure out how, and then they finally pull that poster down and see the hole. And they were like, what in the crap? And that was a fantastic escape. Super good. That movie came out two years after I was born. So just so you know, (laughs) it's okay that you've spoiled it for me now. (laughs) Yeah. And for our listeners, I guess, but still it's, it's long. It's, it's been out for a while. You should have seen it by now. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I think those are uh, some cool examples. If you have one where a villain was, you know, totally subdued, ready to be taken out, and even you thought, like, all right, this guy's done for, there's no more chances, and then all of a sudden, they pull it up, something out of their back pocket, like either a quirk or an item, or somehow they're able to escape, let us know, especially if it's one that really stood out to you. Uh, you know, there are four good examples of, of media across real movies and animated movies and shows, so I'm sure there are lots more out there. Uh, but let's jump back into the action. So we've got six all reconfigured his whole body. He's even got like O'Clock's outfit, which I'm now convinced 
is just kind of made like he's not actually wearing anything, if that makes sense. Yep. I mean, that would make some sense. He melted away. So I don't know. This feels right. Uh, But he is about ready to absolutely kill, murder, just take out what he is referring to as the slow morons or the cops in Sukuauchi. And uh, he's saying that slow morons get the death penalty. And he's totally ready, like you said, to probably just punch their brains out. Uh, But Koichi, our boy, saves the day. He starts hitting him with some shooty-go blams. And I don't think these are any more powerful or faster, but our O'Clock visage here does mention that these, like, track the opponent, which I didn't realize Koichi could do, I guess. No, I think that this is a new reveal, too, and it, it does, there is an implication here when he says they're set to low impact, that these have been, like, dialed down in strength so that they have this other functionality to them, this, like, tracking functionality, where Koichi is just kind of shooting them off kind of mindlessly or just more quickly, um, not having to focus so much on aim, for instance, because they they can now track, which I don't know makes all of the sense, but, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, it's okay. I mean, it's like, I always thought it was weird in DBZ when they would randomly uh, cause their key blast to track people by doing random hand signs. It was like, but but why? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, and that, that makes a little bit more sense because, like, it's it came from them. And I guess... And so it's their energy, I guess. But in this case... Uh, I don't, I don't know. It didn't, it didn't make that kind of sense to me because he's just kind of firing them and they're tracking on their own. Like they're, like they're homing somehow in a way that they've never been before. Right. It's still cool. Like, don't listen, I'm not going to detract from the story. It's coolness. Oh yeah, no, it's definitely cool. It's just unexplained. But I mean, to be fair, most of the quirks we encounter are totally unexplainable. It feels like. Uh, but regardless, yeah, yeah. just embrace it and enjoy it. Exactly. Exactly. So O'Clock is telling Six like, hey. Running out of breath here would be really bad for you. You might as well as go ahead and retreat. And this kind of pisses Six off. He's like, but this is a wimpy attack. Why Why should I retreat? And he's like, oh, fine. He does the, the chuh. You know, like, I feel yeah, like that's the a... The Baki goes. Yeah, exactly. So he, he runs away. And this actually shocks all of the folks that are in this hallway, too. And even Sukuauchi is like, look, this isn't over. He's going to be back. But Crawler, in the meantime, I've got a task for you. And we transition back over to Six, where he is outside of the building, uh, wrapped, and his buddy, I'm going to call him um, Moyu or Mo- Moyoru, Moyoru uh, is off to the yep. side. They're watching, and they're listening to Six, who is saying that, like, okay, now that I've got the layout of this hospital, we just need to regroup. And he's, he's having this conversation, and the two of them are like, who is this guy talking to? He's crazy. <laughs> you know, it's, it's great. Uh, but Six is saying that they are going to start with a bunch of suicide missions for some of the Annans, so that way they can just clear out all of the people in the hospital that are in the way. However, O'Clock is like, that's probably not a great idea. Yeah, so he sends some into the building, presumably maybe to go after the people that he just ran into. So Koichi, Sukauchi, and Ko, he, he doesn't forget about Soga. He sends some run off in that direction. And then we get this panel at the top of the next page, which I thought was pretty interesting where it appears that you ever seen that gag? I was trying to think of what movie or, or cartoon I've seen this in where somebody who can move fast does so in such a way that it seems as if they're talking to themselves. Like I know it happened a little bit in like the, the Sonic movie recently. I know DC I wanted to say like in DC does it with flash. In Jim, yeah. Do they? Okay. I think I, in my head, I was like, it happens in Jim Carrey with uh, the in the mask. Yeah. That seems, that seems um, like that would work there too. 
Yeah, so he's moving really quickly from one position to another, and depending on what position he's in, he's using almost like a different voice. Uh, so in one position, he's saying, what else, uh, whatever backup they have lurking around, better finish them off, and then he shifts positions and says, no, those Anons are too precious a resource. So it's almost as if he, that visage that we've been seeing is almost like a stand-in for him kind of having, again, this inner monologue to anybody else's perspective. Um, but it's kind of funny to think that this whole time he's been kind of dashing from side to side. I think it would have been commented on previously, like by Sukauchi, if he was dashing from side to side yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. to to have this conversation. But the way that it was depicted here uh, definitely presents it in that way. And that's why they're like, what in the world is this guy up to? I thought this was a great uh, scene. And then they see, yeah, yeah, they see Sukau- or Sukauchi, they see Koichi blast off again. Um like like in his Iron Man boot kind of setup, blasts off and they recognize him and Six does too. And he's like, man, he's running away. He's choosing the worst time to do so. Yeah, and we get this awesome scene of him flying through the air and then kind of flash back over to him talking to Squalchi, who is like, hey, look, you need to escape this place and summon All Might. Tell him Squalchi sent you. And he says, well, you know, what about you? And he says, look, my men and I will have to make do. It'll be fine. This is where we're at. And so... Koichi now has a new task. He's determined. He flies off, and we transfer back over to O'Clock, who is seemingly talking to Six. And he's like, hey, you've just been given a hard time limit because Koichi probably plans to leave here and call in All Might, which w- could be done very quickly. He says as little as 60 seconds. I think that's a little ambitious in my opinion, but I guess we'll find out. Uh, but he does tell him, like, there's still plenty of time for you. Your primary target is still Kazuho Hanayama. Eliminate her, post haste, and make your escape. And then he says that that will conclude the successful field test of the new foot soldiers. And I wasn't sure if he's talking about Six himself or if he's talking about the anonymous villains. Because it feels like it could actually be both. Yeah, I agree. I think it is both. And that's why I said I think All for One is this very manipulative guy who is basically doing the equivalent in an argument of seeding a point, like giving over a little bit in order to get what it is that he wants. Um, And so he's letting Six do this, uh, you know, make this very personal kind of vindictive attack on Kazuo. Um, so that in the end, he ends up with all that he wants, including field tests for these uh, these anonymous guys. But I think Six is part of that conversation as well. Yeah, and Six says that he doesn't really like the idea. Like he says, running away from All Might makes sense, but it's just going to look like I'm running and scared, you know, from Koichi. And O'Clock reminds him, like, hey, that's trivial. You don't need to worry about this. He says, you emerge from the shadows for a high-speed execution and retreat and then slip back into the safety of that anonymity. Like, you don't have to be out in the open. But this really gets to six. He's like, well, then what's the point? Like, that just leaves me as a nameless and faceless as ever. And he says, that pisses me off. Uh, and, and so he says, now I'm in the mood to slaughter every last one of these fools. And it, this dialogue here is really interesting because O'Clock is like, huh, well... If that is what upsets you, then I guess I'm going to have to adjust to account for your psychological state, even if that may prove difficult. And he says, well, you know, in this case, how about you just indulge a bit? And so Six is happy about that, but it made me wonder something. We had that flashback where the actual O'Clock was undercover and he was in the uh, fight clubs and he interacted with this Nomu that or a high end Nomu that we saw fight Endeavor in the main series. 
is it possible that six was derived from that Nomu or is that Nomu? And this is the event that, that tells all for one, like, Hey, I've got to dial back the personality and puts him back into that place he was before, which is what we ultimately see against Endeavor. I mean, it seems like he has the ability to alter these things that these Nomus. So it feels plausible that all of six is a test that he just pulls back after this event. Yeah, I think that it's reasonable to assume that Six is part of the same family tree as that high-end Nomu, like part of the same experimentation process. Like all of this is working towards a singular goal, and we keep seeing like version, different versions to use yeah. like computer language, um, different different uh, builds, I guess you could say. But maybe not necessarily um, and, that Nomu specifically. Yeah, I mean, in the, like that... That particular, that high-end, that version of the high-end Nomu, if you want to call that version 1.0, because we know we see that one come back for sure in My Hero Proper against Endeavor and Hawks. um, One of the things that he could do was uh, use his cells to, like, enlarge his body parts. So we saw Six do that same exact thing earlier when you said that he didn't have a key, so he just punches the door down. Um, So, there, you know, there is some, you know, if these guys are Venn diagrams, there's definitely some pretty obvious crossover between them. Um, I don't know... If they're exactly the same, I don't think I would go that far. Um, but I definitely think that there's there's overlap between them. Some shared biological testing where, you know, all for one saw something they liked in that Nomu, wanted to let him continue on the course that he was on, but also take a little bit of him and take it in a different direction. And maybe that's how we got six. Okay. Yeah, I can I can jive with that. I like that. I also like too in this particular case uh, the the visuals here where you said that there's this weird dialogue coming from O'Clock where it's f- sounds very mechanical, um, and then when you say that he's allowed to indulge a bit, it's not O'Clock saying that it's six like it's depicted as six saying in which case you may indulge a bit, um, oh, but yeah. he's talking to himself and about himself. You know, it's almost like his his personality has overcome that more rational side of who he is, because that's what the O'Clock visage seems to be, is very rational, very calculating. Six tends to be um, a little bit more spontaneous, a little bit more emotionally driven, and his emotions are uh, peaked when he sees, or when he's being told by the rational side, the right course of action is to flee, even though it's Koichi, you know? Um, and, And even though... Uh, doing the mission as it was uh, put out for him to do would mean that he gets away and his name isn't in the papers. That that pisses him off even further. And it's almost like that unreasonable, irrational, emotional, spontaneous side of him has kind of grown to this to the proportion that it is now in control. It is kind of taken over from that more rational part of him. Yeah, that makes some sense. No, it totally does. And that's a good call out. I didn't even realize that those speech bubbles were for six. I thought that was still like the overclock, you know, visage talking. So that's that's a good, good call out. I like that. We end this chapter with uh, this huge explosion happening right behind six and rap and Mo Yu and six are like kind of turning around to look and see what it is. And unexpectedly so. It's Koichi, and he's doing like the superhero move, you know, where like they they yeah. fall it's to like the ground and Deadpool. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and he just says hi there, and Six looks like he loves it. The fact that Koichi returned right to him, he didn't even have to go out and get him. Like what he wanted fell right out of the sky, right in front of him. He's excited, and I'm willing to bet that this next chapter is going to be a huge throwdown between these two. 
Yeah, it's going to be the beginning of that for sure. So let's talk about what happened between the time that Koichi took off and when Koichi lands. Do you think he just changed his mind and was just like, never mind, I'm not going to go get All Might? Or do you think that he found somebody to to kind of pawn that particular, you know, um, delegate that task to and come back to buy the time? I'm thinking that I'm hoping that he told somebody else, like found somebody and was like, here's what you need to do. Tell All Might Sukauchi needs him or whatever. The best option would be Ingenium, but I thought that they had already sent him off to like get outside of the AM or the EMP area. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. For speed's sake, right? Um, but I I understand him coming back. He knows how fast six is. In fact, a few pages before where he takes off, he even makes this comment to Sukauchi, and it looks like it goes unheard. Where he's like, "Good lord, did you see how fast he is?" Um, and it's almost like maybe in mid-flight, uh, he realized. In, even in 60 seconds, if that's all that it takes for me to get to All Might and get back, that's 59 more than this guy needs. Yeah, exactly. So I need to go back and, and intervene, and I need to stall and and either hope somebody else accomplishes my mission, because Sukauchi assumes that that's what Koichi's out doing, but if this is still out in front of the hospital, it shouldn't take too long for him to realize that the situation has changed. Um, so what, what, what do you think? I had two thoughts here. My first thought is, is that Soga flagged him down and was like, bro, what the hell are you doing? Like, why are you leaving? (laughs) And then he told Soga and Soga said, okay, I'll take care of that. You get your butt back down there. That feels like it makes sense. Soga's right there. He would have seen Koichi fly off as well. We know communications have broken down. So that kind of shifts that weight off to Soga. However, I also feel like this would be the perfect time for them to reintroduce Knuckle Duster. It would be so oh, yeah. cool if Koichi ran into him and Knuckle Duster was like, bro, I got you. Uh, and I, I mean, I don't know that that's what's going to happen. I don't, it would be, it'd be cool, but I don't think it will. I know they're leading up to him returning soon though. So like every time we oh, open yeah. a chapter, I'm like, is this going to be the one? Uh, but this is also the scene that made me think how cool it would be if that, that YouTube video that, that Midoriya is watching all the time in the main series was this event. Because it would be crazy if Koichi was the one that was like tumbling with six in the middle of everything. All Might comes in to save the day, but he just focuses on getting the people out. Koichi handles the rest uh, in the background, you know. And and so that, I would, that this was the panel that I was like, maybe that's what happens. And how cool would that be if that's how they tie it all back in? If that was the case, I feel like the world would like... The My Hero Academia world would be exploding with that spoiler, and we there's no way we would be able to stay away from it. So I don't think that's what happens, but it'd be pretty cool. I can't I can't remember too if in My Hero they go so far as to give the name of the city or the name of the incident where All Might made that. And I thought that that was also one of his like premiere. I feel like that was one of his too. premiere moments. Yeah. So I'm probably totally yeah. wrong, but you know, yeah, it's a good thing I'm not writing these uh, these mangas. Well, I like that this, again, when we were talking about like messing with standard tactics, like the tactics here for Koichi and for Six are going to be very, very different. So you would think that Six would still be operating under the assumption that somebody is going to get All Might, that he's working with limited time. But now the the carrot on the end of the stick for him is now back and like in his face, ready to throw down. This is, as you pointed out, an exciting prospect for him. And so his tactic is going to be, I would assume, to rush and and get this thing done. Like for him, the reasonable course of action. Now, I like I already said, I think that the reasonable part of him is being suppressed or overcome right now. 
but the reasonable thing to do would be to go ahead and do it all at once. Don't hold back. Don't drag this thing out. Just go for the strongest and quickest, you know, kill move on Koichi. Then if you need to go and get pop two, get out of there, live to see another day. Um, and Koichi's going to be doing the opposite. He's going to be trying to stall to the best of his ability. So you should see two different tactics, but I'm not convinced that six is going to, I think he's going to want to savor, um, not to rush and to just execute this thing and get on. I agree. Cause he could, like, I think that it's, I, I think that if six really wanted to, he could end Koichi in a, in a, in a split second and get on with stuff. But he doesn't want uh, I don't that. think that he will. Yeah, he, I don't think it's about killing Koichi as much as it's about making a name for himself. Like, he's totally falling right. off the deep end as far as I can tell. He's ignoring that that rational side now. So I think we're about to see another side of six, and I'm excited for it. And I think we've still yet to see some things from Koichi. Um, like, like we've pointed out, there have been a lot of instances where we see new and more uh, on behalf of Koichi. I'm not convinced we've seen it all. Um, or maybe we'll see some neat applications of the things that we have seen, little teasers of, uh, little evidences of uh, in this next fight where he kind of uh, combines them or uses them in uh, unthought of on our part uh, utilities or whatever the case might be. Um, but it's this fight is going to be absolutely massive and all signs point to it going on for, you know, 10, 15 more chapters, which is super exciting and uh, man, I am it. It has built really well. The whole series really has built really well to this exact moment. It was serendipitous that we end on chapter one hundred and three um, because this is one heck of a place to stop. It really um, is, and and have to wait two weeks before we circle back around to being mid fight for the next like four or five episodes of the AMP, which is might frustrate our episode 100 planes not on thinking about it because we're going to want to like keep reading and we're going to do this thing this weird thing in the middle of all this too <laughs> well maybe episode 100 needs like a two-parter we'll cover the chapters and then we'll have like a celebration episode you know what i mean yeah maybe that's what we'll do yeah an extra long 100 where it's like regular amp and then also some fiddly bits or yeah yeah something something uh, but i think that'll wrap us up for tonight i am really looking forward to the rest of the series that's for sure uh, but i like we mentioned at the top of the episode, if you haven't given us an iTunes review or a Spotify star rating, it doesn't look like they're like traditional reviews, we'd really appreciate it. And if you're not in the Discord or on the Twitter, please come check it out. I mean, we'd love to say hi. We'd love to get to know you. And uh, we've got an opportunity coming up where you can be on the episode effectively uh, by submitting trivia questions or a quirk name that we will discuss. So keep an eye out for that announcement. Um, like I said, Twitter and Discord. And we'll also have it in the links in the episode description whenever those drop. Yes, sirs and ma'ams. Thank you guys for your time. We look forward to being back around the Vigilante's wagon in two weeks' time uh, as we get into, finally, the long-awaited and much-anticipated Six versus Koichi fight. So be there with us. Uh, be a part of those conversations going forward. And we'll see you guys in two weeks. See you in two weeks. I'm going to pause for a second. You sound really strange to me. Uh-oh, I do? Yes. Do I still sound strange? Yeah, you're pretty robotic-y. Oh, weird. I mean, I've got Aren't a raspy we, uh... kind of voice. No, this is like robotic sounding.